Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. I feel, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of with schemes. You know, um, we're going against defenses. Um, they calling out our plays, stuff like that. Like, they know what we're doing. So, a lot of that, you know, sometimes, you know, stuff won't go our way if they beat us to the punch. So, you're, you're hearing on the other side of the line of scrimmage the defense calling out your plays? That's what yeah, they definitely do. Like, runs, stuff like that. Uh, watch out for this, watch out for that. Sometimes that's what's going on. That's Lamar Jackson on the Rich Eisen Show. Well, if everyone knows their plays, they're really good then because they're still 6-2. and two. That, that brings up another thing about, you know, cheating. Is that cheating? Because sign stealing has been in the has been an issue for a good long while and at the college and pro level and who does what and who knows what. It's up to you to change your signs and all that stuff. And, you know, it brings up the issue. We, we have acceptable forms of cheating. If you consider that cheating... Or is that gamesmanship, you know? And do the Ravens need to react to that differently and change up things and all that stuff? It's a fascinating topic that I don't know that it's a, a clear-cut answer one way or the other. So I guess the question is, how does the opponent know? And do all the opponents know for the same reasons? Maybe some are finding out different ways. But the first thing I think when I hear that is, what about your formation is tipping stuff off? You know, everybody's got eight games of you on film now. So where are you so predictable uh, now, I guess there's other ways you can do it, right? Teams have been known when a guy is waived to pick a guy up because they're playing that team, and what can he tell them? So I guess you can, And then there's the sign stealing. If you see the signs being called in, but haven't they? In the NFL, doesn't everybody go to the helmets? I mean, once in a while, I guess the helmets break. But, you know, largely, I don't, I don't think there are that many signs to steal. I assume it's formations tipping people off, but Lamar didn't really go into that. And I guess if they knew, maybe they'd change it up. So maybe he doesn't know either. Thursday night football tonight. It's the Colts and the Titans. Titans are six and two. Colts are five and three. So this is one of the uh, the better Thursday night showdowns. The uh, the division race in the AFC South at stake, and obviously both these teams, if they don't win the division, are in the hunt for a wild card. So one of the better games here. You got I'd agree. You yeah. got a winner. You got a gut feeling on this. I don't know. I really don't. I'll, I'll watch it, but I can't say I'm. I'm leaning one way or the other, which is is somewhat typical, if not uh, all the way typical, of the NFL. Well, Vegas is with you. The game is a toss-up. Line is even. There's no difference. I gotta say, I, I tip a little towards the Titans. Uh, okay. Number one, well, they got struggling they, of late though. They have. They got a better record. And the thing is that uh, having followed Philip Rivers' career, he's good. And he'll get you into big games, but in big games, he gets a little turnover prone trying to make big plays, and then it bites you. Are you giving us some insight to Phillip Rivers, huh? There it is. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) They're also coming off a loss. Ironically, to the Ravens. I guess they didn't know enough of the Ravens' plays. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said he sees double standards in the NFL's COVID-19 safety protocols. You can dap up a guy after a game, but you can't eat lunch at the same table. You can go down to practice and hit each other and be in close contact, but you have to have plexiglass between you and the next guy in the locker room. I think some of those things, to me, really don't add up. Some of it's definitely for the optics of it. Some of it probably based on science. It's definitely changed the season, that's for sure. 
Let me go down that list. You know, I think I can sign off on all of that. Well, I think that uh, he underestimates it because by saying double, I think there's like infinity. I mean, nobody really knows for sure, and people are trying to do what they think is best. Yep. And so, depends on where it is. I mean, you just if he has a problem with that, I mean, just look at it. we can get to the college football, the stuff that's going on there. I yeah. mean, it's just bizarre as can be. Well, I think he hit on it when he said some of it is optics, for sure. You know, you try to do stuff to make it safer, but ultimately at some point you are going to be in in close contact. I guess to defend the NFL and their rules, you know, certainly they've been able able to keep a lot of teams safe. I mean, they've had games moved around, and they have had teams where it's it's spread, and, and guys haven't been able to play, and, you know, games haven't gone off as scheduled and had to be rescheduled. But they also have had a lot of games go off as scheduled and had a lot of teams test negative, so... On some level, some of what they're doing must be working because they could have I more I think it's a, it's a little extreme with you when you wear that hazmat suit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like the end of uh, uh, the end of E.T. <laughs> Yuck! Get that tent and tunnel up! I'm coming in! And Yuck's got to inflate the thing. I had a dream the other night that I got COVID. And uh, I was just, uh, I woke up. And I swear, I woke up and I had dryness of breath and, and I had no tense sense of smell and taste and all this. <laughs> it's like in a panic. Really? <laughs> From a joke standpoint, I mean, I don't make light of uh, panic attacks by any stretch. Uh, I gotta, well, I won't go into it, but nevertheless. Uh, You've seen them and now they scare you. Uh, well, be a little more than that, but okay. uh, uh, it, it, it's just bizarre. You know, you, you wake up, and you're sort of disoriented sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night off of dreams anyway, right? No matter what. if You could be uh, a surfing a rainbow in Hawaii. I mean, the greatest time of your life, and you're, you're disoriented. You're like, was that real or what? You know what I mean? <laughs> surfing a rainbow in Hawaii. I haven't had that dream, but sign me up. I'd like to surf right. a rainbow. Right. I mean, whatever, whatever your... Fantasy dream would be, you know, Hawaii, the sun, the uh, and the water, blah blah blah. Monica Beach, I'm, I'm there. You're, you're a little you're... disoriented when you wake up, and I, I woke up thinking, oh my gosh, I finally got it because my neighbor uh, has it. Guy's been he advertised on a show, gobbled them a million times. He's got. I found out the other day he's got. It. I found out he slept 36 hours straight. His wife said 36 wow. hours straight. <laughs> And he's in his mid 60s, so you know, you older you are, I guess. Uh, we know we talk. They say the scarier it is, but man, I was so just so nervous when I woke up because it took a little bit, a little bit to realize. I was just dreaming, dude. You're fine. Go back to bed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're one of the safer people. You're you're staying tucked away. You know, you've got a job you can do from uh, do from home and socially distance. So that's good. You're going to the grocery store a little bit, but other than that, you don't do much high risk stuff. I don't, but I went to, we had to go to multiple grocery stores and the doctor the other day. My gosh, I was out for three hours. Would you get healthy already? <laughs> I don't think it works like that. It's a broken leg. I know. <laughs> you just got to check the days off the calendar and then you'll get there. Uh, I know. All right, let's get to the college football PK is talking about. Hashtag college football. Broncos will clock the ball here. They don't clock the ball. They throw it in the end zone for a touchdown. They don't clock it. They fake the clock. They fake the clock playing through a touchdown pass. Wide open in the end zone. The Eskridge and the Broncos take the lead with 15 seconds left to go in the game. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. It really happened. 
It did. So bigger issue, they fell asleep just expecting it to be clocked, or I think more basically, they simply didn't match up with the wide receiver on the near side. Like There was nobody, it wasn't as somebody there fell asleep and was snoozing and ended up losing. No, they just didn't go out there. There wasn't a dude for 10 yards. Yeah, there was nobody there. Well, I, I didn't know what was going on, and I don't know who was announcing the game, but the, the, he thought he heard a whistle. I thought I heard a whistle, too. But then the play-by-play guy, he's saying, no, no. And they replayed it. And the guy's talking, be quiet, be quiet. And, and you didn't hear a whistle. It's like you didn't know what was going on. It was bizarre. The touchdown leading up to it. The whole, ge- whole ending of the game, uh, Toledo, they, they could have made it a... Uh, a two-scored thing on fourth and 11, and they barely get the first down, and then they score the touchdown to go up by 10, or no, then 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 uh, and then Western Michigan comes back, makes a great catch along the sidelines, and then they miss the extra point, and the kicker recovers the onside kick. Uh, so, man, it was one of the most bizarre, if not the most bizarre, series of ending plays, not just an individual ending play, but series of things. So the all-time to me, and of course this is a regular season game, right? It's a regular season conference game. It doesn't have the sizzle. But whenever I hear about a series of crazy plays, I automatically default to the Fiesta Bowl, Boise State, and Oklahoma. But those were trick plays. You're right, but it was a series of them. And you're right, this had a bizarreness that wasn't a trick play. This made the... uh ASUSC game the other day looked like an ordinary game. <laughs> that was that was just a, yeah that was your that was your average Gremlins game right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean they had a bunch of great plays, but they weren't really that bizarre. This and decisions, uh, like I say, that fourth and eleven, and they're down at like the fifteen yard line, kick the field goal, and you go up by two scores, and all they go for it, and they get it by like an inch and a half. Hmm. Come on, it was uh, I couldn't care less about Mac football. But I was watching that game, man, and what an ending. The last four minutes, three minutes or so, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. College football, one game tonight, Colorado State, Boise State. Six o'clock, Fox Sports 1. This will be intriguing. We just had uh, Riley was just saying that, uh, you know, this is a good Boise State team, but not a great team. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. They get blown out by Colorado State, which I would not expect then that would devalue it if they annihilate Colorado State. And they are a 14-point favorite. That just right. makes the BYU win look all the better. Well, yeah, Cougars, now you've turned into huge Boise State fans. Yep. I mean, you don't normally like those guys, and you got a nice little rivalry going, especially as what I would phrase and label it a secondary rivalry. I mean, it, as a secondary rivalry, I'm not saying it's uh, Notre Dame-SC, but it's pretty doggone good. And... Nevertheless, you want the boys in blue to just roll over the Rams. And I have to find out who's quarterback. And, you know, if you've got Bachmeyer or Sears, I think they win easily. Uh, CSU's 1-1. One and one. They didn't get to play their New Mexico game. And then they got uh, they got blown out of Fresno and beat Wyoming. So they had to be a decent time. The Wyoming game actually surprised me. Yeah, that was a TV game. I can't remember mm-hmm. when it was. But I watched that game, and I was expecting Wyoming to win. But CSU looked pretty good in that game. I had talked to Scotty G about uh, that earlier in the year, and I thought Wyoming was going to be the better team, and he thought that, and then CSU won. So you never know. That's why they play the games. Except for the games that they don't play, of course. Man, that list is getting longer now. So the Ohio State-Maryland game is now off because the Terrapins program 
uh, has had a bunch of COVID-19 tests. Elevated number. So that's forced the team to pause all team activities. So, PK, you were just talking about the uh, Pac-12 and not being able to crown a champ. Ohio State had an eight-game season. Now it's down to seven. Now it could still work out, or they could end up in the same situation, 5-0 and Ohio State. Yeah, but the problem with that is everyone expects Ohio State to cream Maryland, so what's the difference of playing the game? They're still going to assign you the victory, even though technically you're not. Whereas in a Pac-12, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. The teams are more even. Could you tell me who's going to win between Cal and ASU? Because no. it doesn't look like that game is going to be played. Uh, they can't. Cal last night canceled Justin Wilcox's media availability. That's it's a, clear if Cal wants a season, they need to get out of Berkeley, and just they have to go do. New Mexico has done it. New Mexico has gone as establishing residency in Vegas. Yep, they've got. Uh, they're like Rod Stewart. They got a Vegas residency. Las Vegas Lobos. <laughs> 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 the, the New Mexico Stewarts. Las Vegas Lobos, come on. Celine Dion and and on and on, you know. There's Donnie a, and Marie, come on. Don, oh, Donnie and Marie was more than a residency. I mean, it was a 12-year run. Fair uh, point. So it was really Donnie Marie was unlike anything that has ever been done in Vegas. It was the most wildly successful. It's right up there with uh, the two guys with the uh, circus stuff. Uh, the one guy died. What's his name? Here Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried yeah, and there Roy, you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, from that was you know that wasn't uh, a different genre of entertainment, but the Donnie Marie's run was just off the charts. The other ones had these residencies. Shares had one, uh, on and on, and that's what New Mexico is going to do. So I think I think Cal should do it, man. Go ahead. These kids want to play football. They do, and they, certainly they need the money. Everybody needs the money. Who doesn't need the money? SEC had a fourth game called off. Georgia Missouri is off. So I think we're up to. Eight games that aren't happening this year. You know, everyone has been flexible, PK. The, uh, within a structured system. The, <laughs> the nice flexibility within a structured system. One of the best lines you could ever drop in a job interview. Uh, you know, you had all the sports that went to bubbles, right? Hockey, basketball, soccer, all did the bubble. Baseball adapted with a 60-game season and seven-inning doubleheaders and runners is singing bass and... Then everybody went to neutral sites for the playoffs. The NFL has moved games all over the place uh, to make things work. You know who hasn't been adaptable yet, but I think it would really help if they are, is the college football playoff. And are they absolutely married to January 1st this year? You know, I get the magic of it most years, and I like the tradition as much as anybody else. But I was telling you a long time ago, if it took 15 or 20 weeks to get a season in, so move the college football playoff back one time. Is that really going to wreck everything? And right now, I don't think they need to move it back a long way. They can move it back to the Saturday of the conference, the NFC and AFC conference title games, or the, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. They like to play the title game on a Monday night, so almost any Monday is available there. You know, I think there's some possibilities, and it would allow some of these teams to get games in. And it's everything you say. The kids want to play those games. The coaches want to coach them. The TV networks want to televise them. The schools want to make the money. But right now, everything is getting wedged in because of the timing of the college football playoff. Now, maybe all the bowl games can't move, but a bunch of the bowl games have already gone away, and I think a bunch more are going to. I'd rather have, the con- I'd rather have more conference games than, than have some of these random bowl games. And sure. so I, I hope at some point, and as we lose SEC games and Big Ten games, that might help move the college football playoff. Because really, the college football playoff is a handful of power leagues. Yep. DJ and PK.
Hashtag NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder have promoted an assistant coach. They're not getting a retread, PK. They're giving someone new a shot at head coach. Mark Deneau, the franchise's new head coach, he coached their G League affiliate, so he's got a little, little experience moving over one chair and having to be the guy to call timeouts and make the subs. Make decisions, not suggestions, all those lines. Fresh blood. You know anything about him? Zero. No, yep. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, me too. Uh, San Antonio Spurs star Tim Duncan has decided to step away from his position as a full-time assistant for the team. He was on Greg Popovich's staff last year. We're not winning. This isn't as much fun. I'm not really. Well, actually, uh, Popovich called his shot last year at this time when they when he became a full time assistant. Speaking of Duncan, Popovich said, "I don't think this is going to be his life's passion. He's mm-hmm. going to do it now, and then we'll see." So, whereas Popovich is in his 70s and is still going strong, uh, so uh, he called it. So Duncan wasn't going to be long. I mean, you look at Larry Bird. He was a head coach for what three years, yep. and then went away. Yep. Did the front office thing. And projected top overall draft pick LaMelo Ball conducted an individual private workout for the Timberwolves. That's the first he's done in the run-up to the draft. And it went great? Didn't didn't see a report on how it went. Of well, course. Don't they all I don't, go great? Is this like surgery was successful? <laughs> surgery was successful. If it's not, you hear right away. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Cincinnati Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer becomes the first Reds pitcher to win the National League Cy Young Award. 1.73 ERA, 11 starts. Reds get into the playoffs for the first time in seven years. PK, when I heard first Reds pitcher to win the Cy Young, I thought, how can that be possible? The oldest franchise. And they finally get a Cy Young Award winner. You would have thought Don Gullett would have got one. Don Gullett. How about Tom Seaver? He had some good years there. Uh, he did have some good years there, but not his best. No. Apparently not a great year. Shane. And, and I want you to know that uh, before you go to that, that uh, Bauer was a high draft po- choice of the Diamondbacks. They gave gave up on him. You know, you wonder if you'd like to have Trevor Bauer and Max Scherzer, who you gave up on, <laughs> called by those guys. Yes, you would, obviously. Thank you very much. Shane Bieber, the American League Cy Young Award winner. He went 8-1 with a 1.63 ERA. Fairly spectacular oh, right there. 122 and strikeouts in 77 innings. He went to UC Santa Barbara. It's a gaucho, baby. Did, yeah. yep. Fourth round pick, so lots of teams had a, had a shot at him. Uh, but they, they tweet out stuff about him all the time. <laughs> Their social media, they beat that into the ground. Well, yeah, that would be like uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Wally Zerbiak from uh, oh, yeah. Miami of Ohio right. or Lillard from Weber. Yep. Although maybe not as much. You know, it's a warm weather area, so you would suspect that they would get, well, they'd get they've some had, guys who could, can play. Yes, yeah. they've, they've had Major League Baseball players here and there. It's not unusual for to you know, find a couple gauchos in the major leagues. But when you have a Cy Young it's Award... It's not unusual to find a couple gauchos in the major leagues. We're back, da, to, da, 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 da. We're back to the Las Vegas Lobos. PK's <laughs> opening them from the Sam Boyd Silver Bowl. Stop on by. <laughs> Anytime Kick I hear seven, not unusual, PK what do you concert, me to do? <laughs> PK Concert at 6. They like the it's PK not unusual. Con- <laughs> they like the PK Concerts at 6 because then the sports writers up in the press box say, so this is what this place looks like when it's full. Da, 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 da. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Angels are gonna, go, whoa, 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 whoa. Angels are going to name a new GM, Perry Manassian, the Braves assistant GM. Yes, I know nothing about him at all. If you can fill me in, PK, go ahead. But Perry Manassian? Oh, man, he's helped build the power down there in Georgia. DJ and PK. This year's Masters, it's, it's, it's different. You know, we, we've never played it in, in, in the fall. You know, this is, um, the grass is different. Uh, the conditions are different. The run-up to this event is, is different. You know, you gear up, you know, for the Masters. And then this year is very different. Well, expect to contend? Yes, I do. Let me look at Freddie and, and Bernard. You know, they're in their 60s and they seem to contend. Jack contended here when he was, what, 58? It can be done. Golf. That's Tiger talking about the Masters. Today is the first round, and a handful of players played a hole, and they've already got a weather delay, as expected, as Bob told us it would happen. Uh, I think it's going to go on all morning. There was some hope that it would be better this afternoon. Let's we'll see how that plays it's out. It's delayed until at least 8.30 our time. Got another yeah, hour. I got the game. Or the, I got the channel on now, and they just did a report, and they're hopeful. Yep. All right, well, maybe later today. Lucas Glover went out and... Hard the first hole, so you got that going for you. DJ PK, that is what is trending, all the headlines. You left out the, the Mountain West College basketball too early for you, Yach. Aggies. You want to hoop? Aggies third. There you go. No, 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 no. Don't do it. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator. And the QB coach. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker at 8.30. Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock. And at some point, Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, is going to drop in and talk Masters with us. Hopefully it will restart. DJ PK, all of that coming up. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. He covers the Jazz for the South Lake Tribune. He's Eric Walden. The salary cap and the luxury tax line staying put should make Jazz fans hedge their bets a little bit on what's going to happen. Everyone's been hoping for the team to bring back Jordan Clarkson on a new deal, go out and acquire a veteran or two using the mid-level exception, and maybe get another guy with the biannual exception. And if you look at all the money that the Jazz have committed to guys already, in order to do all of those things, this is a team that would most likely have to go into the luxury tax to improve this team around the margins the way that most fans are hoping. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Syringa Networks. Bringing you DJ and PK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a backup singer. Yeah. All right. We got multiple questions of the morning. Should we get to the one that I don't want any part of? Yeah. So what did you think of the premiere of the Housewives of Salt Lake City? Oh, it was awesome. The man. real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Let's get it right. All right. Whatever. Uh, which has connections to local sports figures. It does. It has two. Did you know that? Sharif Shaw's wife. I remember when that was announced. I Sharif Shaw, a longtime defensive back coach, yeah. former player at the University of Utah, and now a right. longtime coach. 
Yes. And I know there's another one, and now I blanked on what it is. What is it? Do you know Yak? I do not. You do not know? I did not watch the premiere yet. I'm looking forward to well, watching it. No, no, but it was written up. It was written up, and I remember <laughs> I, it was written up at the time, and now I forget who it you was. You guys know what I do. I read sports all day. I don't. This is sports. I get it, but no, who is it? not. It is not sports. Stop it. It has a connection to sports. Let's put it that it way. It do. Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure the connection doesn't even really want us to talk about the connection. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good point. Well, then they'll like me because I just don't watch this stuff. But go ahead. What do you got? Uh, uh, one of the, what would you call them? I guess housewives. I was going to say contestants. Uh, but uh, one of the housewives is named Whitney Rose. Yes, that's right. And her brother-in-law is Dave Rose. So she married Dave's brother? Not the golfer, Justin Rose, but the, uh, yeah, Dave's brother. Uh, And in the bio of this thing, you can go on and and see it. It's not anything that I uncovered. It talks about how, and she was Mormon, but she... Uh, doesn't align herself with it. You can go read it. Uh, because she had an affair with her boss. And then she and her boss divorce their spouses and are married. And her boss would be Dave's brother. And they put that on there in the bio. They put a lot of stuff on the bios, trying to make it as racy as possible. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody's so happy with that. I'll just leave that at that right there. But uh, So that's your two sports connections. Sharif Shaw's wife, who also uh, was a Latter-day Saint and then fell away. Hers, she talks about how she discovered uh, the treatment that the uh, the church had for African-American people. And, uh, and so then it was trending last night. And people all across the country. I didn't watch it. I didn't. I did not. I, I was watching Mac football, something real. Uh, but uh, so it was trending about uh, the how, how Mormons, what the Mormons think of blacks, apparently, uh, and that that got going a little bit there. And it wasn't very, wasn't very good. So for you Latter Day Saints who are concerned about that, apparently. I, I mean, not having watched it myself, but just looking at the comments, they did not portray your connection to African Americans very, very nicely. Lit, lit, judging by reading the comments that I saw on Twitter, which I'm not sure is very true. I mean, we know about the history, obviously, but that that's exactly what it is, history. I remember Majerus used to say uh, that... Uh, it reminded him of when he was growing up in the Wisconsin area that there was so few uh, black folks around his area that those who were there, the white folks treated them like royalty because he always said that they would bend over backwards, metaphorically speaking, to prove that they didn't have any uh, racial prejudice against them. And he said that he viewed that from when he was growing up in the Milwaukee area, Wisconsin, same type of thing here. He felt like, you know, it was a sensitive past, obviously, uh, and that the the folks in the in the real time that he was here, which was obviously during the 90s, the glory years of Utah basketball, at least in my life anyway, uh, that he felt like the people would just do anything possible to be nice to them, to not have that rep. And so he felt like the rep was 
you know, the history was there, but the current situation, he always thought that they, they treated him as, as well as they possibly could because they were almost like trying to make up. And he referred it back to his childhood growing up in, in Wisconsin. And I pondered that, and I thought, ah, that, that seems to make a lot of sense. I mean, obviously I had no idea what his uh, experiences were in Wisconsin, but I could relate it to my experiences here. And, and Majerus, who I could say, you know, he had his foibles, but I always thought he was the most intelligent coach, just in terms of IQ. I mean, I think I was an absolute genius. His brain and his mind was just something to behold, man. It was so smart, so with the ability to recall everything. I can remember he would, when I, early when I was covering him for the Watchdog, he would start reciting plays. Of course, they were all, always the negative plays, which coaches tend to harp on, right? And he would call some, he recalls something so minute. And I, I looked at him a few times, and he'd look at me, and he would know I was what I was thinking, even though I never said anything. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? Well, let's go. We'll go. We'll come, come with me as soon as you follow your story, because he, he knew about the newspaper business through and through, because one of his best buddies was Bill Dwyer, who grew up to be the sports editor of the Los Angeles Times. Oh, he was so friends with Bill Dwyer? Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. If I did, oh, I forgot yeah. it. Maybe I did you back for, then. You forgot it. You forgot okay. it. Okay. Yeah, because Bill yes, Dwyer, I, I mean, to, I'm not... I'm not a print guy, but like yeah. Bill Dwyer, that that's like a huge name. Uh, that is, uh, yeah. The LA Times was in its glory days. They had a staff oh, yeah, yeah. Of, of gazillion people. They would be yeah, putting out names. thirty page sports. I mean, right. I'm I'm in Santa Barbara, and in the dorms, they gave you one copy of LA Times, and then the San Diego paper had a nice sports page and everything. And but this was it was like an encyclopedia of sports. It took pre internet. It was. Unbelievable how much stuff was in there. And he sat at the, uh, I talked to him one time on the phone, and he was, he sat at the top of the mountain. Yeah, I used to spend a week with him every year. Uh-huh. He would come to Vegas for the uh, Mountain West Tournament, or WAC in those days. Uh, yeah, and he'd always sit by me. And he would look, he would seek me out because Majerus had told him about me. And so we had developed a relationship. And I'd sit with him for, from like, Thursday to uh, Sunday, Saturday night, because mm. the Utes were most of the time were always playing in the final game, and we'd talk, and he would talk about Rick, and he knew Rick's weaknesses. So, uh, yeah, so Majerus knew everything about newspaper about how the huh. sports section ran. So he told me, he said you after you follow your story, because he knew about the deadlines and all, and. You come up, and we'll go look at the film right now, and I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) So I look at the film with him, and everything he would say, it was like I learned. Don't try to question him on it because then you'll go back, and meanwhile he will have moved on to five more points. So not only will you not remember the first point, you'll miss the next three to four points that he just made (laughs) in his post-game press conference. Believe what he said because his ability to recall – was just absolutely amazing. His intellect, and Chris Hill can verify this too, uh, his intellect was just sensational. Absolutely. And so I, I thought that, man, he must be really on to something because I respected his mind, big time respected his mind. Yeah, absolute brilliant man. And could have done any number of things and been wildly successful because of his level of intelligence. And so, and I'm reading this stuff here, and I thought, man, that, that's such a negative stereotype. Man. That doesn't seem like the right thing to do. But I didn't watch the show, but I, I imagine a lot of folks did. 
That and The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I just, you know, people standing around talking about each other and people go on the shows because they want to be famous. I mean, the real housewives, <laughs> and as soon as you see the show, as soon as you see the show, they're all like dressed to the nines, like, uh, come on. <laughs> There's nothing real about this. Anytime a reality show in the credits has writers, it's not a reality show. It's written for the drama and the whatever, and yeah, great. But if I was from here, and particularly a Latter-day Saint from here, I could see where you could be upset because I could relate it to something that I had firsthand experience, uh, and my sisters too, and we all three of us felt the same way. Uh, the Jersey Shore show, right, which was filmed at Seaside Heights, and I grew up going to Seaside Heights. And it's two percent reality and ninety eight percent show. And it was Italian folks that they mm-hmm. were highlighting, yeah, which is what we were. Even though we've got the Irish last name, my mother's a full blood Italian, particularly me, because my sisters, when they were growing, they're much older than I am. They spent a lot of time with my uh, the Kinahan grandparents because they lived in East Orange. Well, by the time I came along, they were gone. My grandfather died when I was like two years old. My grandmother moved to Brooklyn. And uh, so for me, it was more, I was the almost exclusively the Italian side. My older sisters, they have the Irish side much more so than I do. So the Italian stuff, is that that's where I was immersed. And to see the portrayal of what these Italian folks from Jersey were on Jersey Shore... Uh, Quite frankly, it was uh, insulting and embarrassing and and highly disappointing. And there was nothing real about it. There were writers in the credits, and they were cooking up as much drama as they could. And so we all three of us initially checked it out, but we were offended by it because it's not what we knew, and it's not who we are. Yeah. It's just, it just isn't. And so I'd imagine folks who watch this, I can't say speak for, for myself because I didn't it. grow up here yeah. and I didn't watch it. But just judging the comments, and I looked on, the, uh, on Facebook this morning and the Tribune website comes up, mm-hmm. not the website, but a story on it, and I can see the comments. And <laughs> one of the guys, uh, one of the, there was 100 or 200 comments, and one of the guys I know uh, through uh, athletics and uh, he said, uh, I know somebody on it. I watched it for 10 minutes. Hard pass. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass. That is, so uh, if he said it, that's good enough for me. That is uh, a lot of the comments on our, on our Facebook page. <laughs> Barry. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's going to be a solid no from me. <laughs> Samuel. Who has time for that crap? I know I don't. <laughs> but and and these are all local things, right? They're, we most of the folks that are commenting on our page is uh, they're local guys, yeah. local people. Uh, well, but on uh, Twitter last night, I'm looking at this stuff, and it's from around the country. Mm-hmm. And it, and I got to say, when they're going on this stuff about these stereotypes, it was bothering me because that's the stuff that. You know, Dennis Lindsay joked about he and I trying to break down. But yet here we are again, and it's out there some more. And it just it's just not true. But yet it's out there, and people think that, and it bothers me. 
Did you read the Tribune story about it? I saw it on the... I don't subscribe to their thing, so no. I, I saw it on uh, Twitter last night, and I read it. And, and there's some quotes, and it's the most outrageous stuff. And it's, uh, if you've ever heard the expression, uh, kernel of truth, and then the, the rest is just, you know, a river of BS. <laughs> it's just... No, oh, I thought you were describing my radio career. hey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, my, and, but my kernel of truth and the rest BS, it's all on sports. It's not on real real social issues here and this stuff is responding to social issues and it's perpetuating a stereotype in the rest of the world the rest of the united states that and i know some people think good don't move here we don't want any more people <laughs> but you know related <laughs> okay related there's some to truth the to that that's and that's the downside but the upside yeah. is i remember when san diego had a million people and now san diego has three million people and it was way more fun and it was way easier to move around when there was a million people you know, you you can love a place to death. And that's yeah. But you don't live there, though. We right. got to live here, right? And I think that living here when there's two or three million people will be better than living here when there's five or six million people. So that that I get, but at the same time, to have people say stuff about about you, your city, your town, your religion, your whatever group, and know that that's like two mm, percent kernel of truth, ninety percent river of BS. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, that that irritates people. That leaves people bleeped off. Yeah, Some I of the quotes. Yes, think but, about this stuff because it's the, just off the top. Right. The, top. The, the quotes in this just clearly, like someone gives them an idea and then writers feed them lines. I mean, that is at the core of this stuff. Uh, meeting Heather, this is from the Tribune, and she opened Beauty Lab and Laser. The majority of her clients are either Mormon or, quote, have a Mormon background, close quote. And then her quote, because nobody talks like this. It's just like putting your hand in a river of money because obtaining perfection is a Mormon pastime, close quote. That's what Heather says. Yuck in there. And see, Yuck just did it. You just, Yuck, there was like this alert, your eyes, he's got, he's masked up, you know, because uh, producers are following him in the room and he's falling. But I can just see it in your eyes, right? First the alert, and then you're like, huh, jeez. <laughs> You totally oversold that. But that's like every quote in this. A descendant of pioneers. A purebred, this is a quote, a purebred, pedigreed, pioneer Mormon. Married into Mormon royalty. Oh, stop it. What the hell's Mormon royalty? Right, thank you. <laughs> You've heard of the Mormon mafia, but what's the Mormon royalty? What, what, no, seriously, what is Mormon royalty? I, I assume it means into a, famous, into a famous family. Married into the Romney family? Yeah, right. Well, the famous, like famous Mormon families? What are there, like five of them? The Osmonds and who else? Romneys. It's a it's a river of I BS. So, it's a river of BS. Don't try to figure it out. Don't. I'm the king of logic, and I don't want to logic it out. It's a phrase that Mormon royalty is a phrase I've never heard of. Right. That's because Literally. some wrote so, so some writer some writer wrote it and fed it to him. And here, say this. All right, DJ and PK, fortunately, I didn't have to watch last night. There was plenty of uh, Masters preview stuff on and uh, action football. There you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we've got Aaron Roderick, passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach. BYU is going to join us coming up at 8.05. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. Uh-huh. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Interim head coach at Utah State, Frank Miley. Obviously, it's not an easy process or transition. Uh, when you lose somebody you love dear to you who's been leading the team, a lot of these guys are here because of Gary. So uh, for these guys, they took it kind of hard. It was unexpected, obviously. But I think they understand that, that it's, you know, the brotherhood has always been about the family, right? And no matter what happens, good or bad, they got to stick together. And uh, Coach Anderson's done a great job installing that into these young men. And so they're carrying that forward uh, in behalf of him. And they're going to fight to the end. So these guys have done a good job so far transitioning. Obviously, some of them are probably still hurt, but uh, there's no better way to stay focused and, and, and to get past it, but to get right back in the ball. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK is brought to you in part by Zero Res. Put your best foot forward with the Zero Res cleaning before the holiday season. Clean in November, make a food donation to Zero Res, and they'll clean a fourth room for free. Forwards or backwards, Zero Res, it's the right way to clean. Call them at 801-288-9376. All right, PK, knowing full well that I was going to wreck the first question and not want to play ball with it, uh, put up two questions of the day. Good work, PK. You need a bonus for Thank that. Thank you. Football, golf, or something else. What's your TV viewing plans for this weekend? Uh, we got some comments here as people weigh in. Brian, both. This is the first time ever that you can watch the Masters and football on the same weekend. Usually the Masters is the big show of the weekend, right? The NCAA tournament's just wrapped up. Is baseball yeah. getting going would be pretty much the only thing on. And because you got 162 of those. NBA. Uh, yeah, you'd have some NBA, but you don't tend to have it in the daytime, so it's not going head-to-head. I suppose there's probably a handful of games that do go head-to-head. But this will be head-to-head, so I guess it'll be channel surfing, looking for the most drama for me, and Brian's doing both. What about you, PK? You going to lock down, or are you going to be uh, working multiple screens? Oh, yeah, I do triple screens. I like to do television, computer, and phone. And so, and I've done that many times, uh, particularly uh, if the Aggies and Utes and Cougars are playing, they're overlapping to one degree or another. Uh, I've been known to do that in the fall, very much so. So, yeah, uh, Saturday and Sunday, you know, not as much uh, today. I don't know what's going to happen today with the rain. Uh, but later on, I'm uh, going to watch a high school game. Uh, I guess it's the semifinals at 2 o'clock. Yep. Uh, so I'll be uh, bouncing forth, back and forth there. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Masters, I mean, these guys, when you know, you, it's, a, it's a funky situation with no fans and then also this time of year. But to the players, that's meaningless. It, and that's all I need. To them, this is just the same as April with thousands of people behind the ropes. Point being that, they want to win just as bad as they would if this was April under what we would consider normal circumstances. And so if that's the way they feel, it's the same thing with what we saw in the NBA and MLB. Because you know, the MLB, the timing of it wasn't trumped up. It was still in October, as it always is. But obviously in basketball it wasn't. But that didn't matter to them. They still were 
into it as much as they could possibly be. You could see it. And so that's good enough. That is what my level of commitment is. If they've got it, then I've got it. If they don't have it, then I don't have it. And they've got it. This thing means the world to these guys. Every single guy in this field wants to win desperately and badly and all that stuff. So why would I want to miss out on that? It only happens once a year. It's like missing out on Christmas. Who wants to miss out on Christmas? Nobody. You know, I think it uh, at this point it's really not even a debate. We, we know how into this they are going to be. It's what we've seen across all sorts of sports. You know, the first college football we saw with no fans, it looked weird. Right, BYU was playing Navy, but BYU, BYU, Navy, BYU yeah. is totally into it. You know, it looked and sounded weird. Uh, the baseball, you know, the shots of the guys in the dugout. Now, when you see the cardboard cutouts behind home plate, it looks weird. But you see the shots of the guys in the dugout in those playoff series and ultimately in the World Series, they were completely into it. And the pitchers got pulled after giving up hits. They were they were as angry as they'd ever been. And the guys who hit the clutch home runs were as happy as they'd ever been. And Locke came on the air. And I thought when he said it, I thought, okay, that's interesting. We, we need to watch for that. But ultimately, <clears throat> it was nothing. He came on the air and said, uh, you know, we may see shorter series here because when teams get down 2-0-3-1, you know, they're not going to fight back. Now, what we saw, you know, because it'll be the bubble, they'll have been in the bubble a long time, they'll want to go home, and they'll know they're beaten. And what we saw was multiple teams, especially the Nuggets, refused to accept that they were beaten and, and come battling back. And clearly they were into it. And clearly the Jazz were into trying to find a way to hold them off, right into that, you know, Conley racing down court for that final shot and guys falling on the floor. So even though it hasn't started yet, I assume the golfers are going to be wired the same way as the college football players, the NBA players, and the MLB guys. They're, they're no, going to they be into be. it. They won't be wired the same. Why not? Because they'll be wired more. Because it was taken away from them. And now they know. They got it back. And they didn't think they were going to get it back. So it actually means more to them now. Because something that is taken away from you, and then you get a reprieve on it, you cherish it even more. And these guys almost lost not being able to play in the Masters. And the great thing about golf is you're staring at your future right next to you. Because you have a 20-some-year-old playing against Tiger Woods, who's 45, who's Phil Mickelson, who's 50. You full well understand it. Sometimes I think when you're 21, 22, whatever it might be, you think you're going to be that age for, for a good long time. Well, with golf, you're competing against guys who literally could be as old as your father. And I think that brings it into perspective. This is only going to last a finite amount of time. And I think they have a great appreciation of it. And then when you have Jack and Gary Player up there, that golf does that so well. Its history is also, in a sense, it's present. And it's right there. So I think that they will appreciate this opportunity to compete in the Masters even more so. So I up the ante than what the others had in baseball and in basketball. Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, joins us next. Stay with us.